right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And today we got one of my boys on, bro. I'm so fired up for this guy. So I host this thing, Kevin, in town. So Dodge and Denver, when they come here for the Mile High Nationals, has the longest running sponsorship in motorsports. So it's a very you know, sort of a heritage-driven sponsorship. They involve the crowd, the people, the fans. They make it really personal. And when these guys come to town, man, Don Schumacher Racing Incorporated and the Dodge Camp Rose into town, the boys, I'm telling you, the steps on stage that wows them all, the guy we got on our podcast today, Matt Hagen, bro, he is he's ruthless on the track, but as nice as you can get in person. Like, the dude's like, he'll straight bear hug you because he's the size of a bear. And, man, he, he melts the ladies. Uh, and, and literally, man, he'll annihilate you when he gets in the opposite lane. Dude's a weapon, man. He's badass. Oh, right on, man. That sounds like a hell of an event and got the right crew there for sure. You know, being a you know kind of a Ford guy, I might have to put on my mask, not for COVID reasons, but just to go undercover and come hang out with you <laughs> in the Mopar party, man. That sounds like a hell yeah, of a good time. <laughs> it, hey, it really is, man. That sponsorship and that partnership they've had here for so long is is really incredible, and I met Matt a long time ago. I remember Matt, at, early on in his career, he used to draw the short straw, so I, I work in radio, and Matt would come into my morning show and be on the radio with us uh, back several, several years ago, and now, you know, he's, he's, he's gotten out of that, which is cool for him. Uh, now we talk to him about the track, but he's one of those racers that is, not only is he a competitor, man, and, and, and not just the mental aspects of it, but when you see the guy, man, I don't think he ever misses a workout. Like, the cat is the size of a house. Like, they have to drop pounds every year on his race car because he puts on pounds every year uh, in, in biceps. The dude's got arms the size of most SUVs. Well, you know, behind the scenes, this guy is wrestling steers and cows and stuff. So, I mean... <laughs> Dude, you got to be a big man to be, you know, taking down a big old cow yeah, like man. that. Or... He's one of those guys like, I'll punch a cow in the face, bro. I don't even care. I'm crazy with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's just chucking hay bales, you know, <laughs> left and right. There you go. Eat. Eat, guys. It is cool, man, because here's a guy that is, you know, he grew up kind of on the farm. We'll have to ask him how he got into cars. It's a pretty good story. And, and here's a guy that loves and lives to race, man. So it's a, it's one of those, you know, softer on the outside, harder on the inside type guys where you do not want to line up beside of a man because you know you're going to get everything. You're going to get everything, every race, every, every round. Uh, and he's, he's most likely going to put your ass on the trailer. Well, dude, he's a two-time funny car champion. Yeah. Of course he's going to smoke your ass. You know? Yeah, man. You know what it is? 
all them other dudes afraid of getting beat up. They afraid of getting getting, getting Matt Matt Hagen with the Hulk smash at the end of the track. Like, uh. Yeah, he's scary on the track and he's scary in the pits. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah man. Have you ever been to a national event? You've got to go to one of those, like seeing these guys launch. And, oh hell yeah! And being up in their, you know, in their area in their pit, you know, and just you know talking to these guys and watching everything they go. Like being there on on the race weekend. On a Friday evening qualifying, and a Saturday qualifying, and a Sunday, you know, eliminations. Watching what these guys endure on a weekend is mind blowing. Like you wouldn't believe, you wouldn't fathom how much they go through. The whole team. It's one of the coolest forms of motorsports, right? I mean, the for for the fan, the involvement, how close you get, being able to watch oh, everybody yeah. thrash, right? Getting lined up, staging, you know, doing your runs, getting back to the pits, doing the teardowns, getting it all back together. It's just Man, it almost tires you out just watching how hard these guys are working, you know? And it is one hell of a show. Yeah, man. Well, look, uh, enough of us talking about it. Let's get Matt or boy on. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Matt Hagen joins the Two Guys Garage podcast back in just a minute. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have my boy Matt Hagen on with us today. Matt, thanks so much for taking time out, man. Where are you at right now, brother? Man, what an intro. Like, I was telling you, like, my mama ain't even that proud of me. You know what I mean? And you guys are telling me love hey. like that. That's, that's we crazy, love you, brother, man. man. Like, we proud. We, hey, we, we proud. I, I, I appreciate the love for sure. I'm actually, everybody, I'm not, I'm not driving by no means. I'm riding. So, like, I know it looks like I might be driving, but I'm not. But, uh. You know, I, I'm just here, man, enjoying life. I'm uh, about ready to go down here and get my eat on a little bit. Nice. And, you know, just kind of, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, one of them deals where I, I'm enjoying being on the show with you guys, man, especially after that introduction. Oh, my <laughs> goodness, man. I'm, I'm still blushing. You know? Hey, hey, man, I got to tell you, bro, I have watched you over the years. So, for those of you that don't know, when, when Dodge and Mopar comes to Denver, they have this enormous block party. They shut down this little town called Golden, uh, which is just outside the track. Had a big stage right in the middle of the town. And it is, I mean, thousands and thousands of people show up. I've had several of my hot rods and race cars out there on display. They do a big car show. And then right in the center of it is all the drivers that show up and, you know, get some mic time. Nobody is a crowd favorite like Matt Hagen, man. You got you got Leah on one side, the good dudes all go crazy, and you got Matt on this side, and all the all the ladies go crazy. Uh, it, it's one of those things when when they step out on stage, man. They command the crowd. They're always great, super nice, uh, welcoming, and it it means something, man. For for fans, dude. Just the ability to get up close and personal, shake your hand, and tell you they appreciate you and everything that you're doing in the world of motorsports—it's something special, man. And you never, you never go without acknowledging that. And that's that's one of the cool things about you, cuz. Yeah, man. Well, you know that's that's important to me, man, because you know I remember when I used to try to start out with this deal, and I tried to hand out an autograph, and people would be like, "Nah, we're good. Yeah, I don't want one." You know, <laughs> and, and and now it's a little different, man. So I, I'll never forget that. You know, when I'm like. You're trying to be somebody. I'm like, please take one. Just just <laughs> right. take one and you throw it away later. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. But it's it's just one of those things where, man, our, our you know, Mopar and Dodge and SRT and all the, all the folks that support that that whole deal down there and, and, you know, and Golden. And you do such a great job, brother, of putting that on and hosting that every year. I, I'm heartbroken that we're not going to get to do that this year, you know. But it just, uh, it, you know, it just it shows you how much – motorsport love there really is you know what i mean and the people that back that and want to see it and come out and celebrate it and you know i'm so 
glad that we've had these races that the fans are still be in the stands, man, because like the first one I won and the second one we were in the final and they rained it out or whatever, but the fans were there, man. They were still in my pit and they were like cheering me on. And, you know, they were like, go get this dude, go get this. You know what I mean? And like that gets my adrenaline going and you get up for that. You know what I mean? That final round. And it's like, it's time to take the gold home, man. You know what I mean? So, but without those fans like that, are you're warming up and they're cheering you on, man, you know, like, that's huge to me. It, make, it gives me chill bones, you know? So, yeah, so tell us, you know, with the fan interaction, if you think about a you know professional football player on the field, they can hear the crowd all the time. I mean, they might tune them out, but I mean, the crowd noise is there, but you get inside a, you know, a funny car and that thing is loud as hell. So once you're in there and fired up, you're kind of isolated from the world, but do you still feel that fan base out there before you get lapped around into the pits? What you do is when you do a burnout and you look at Bandamere and there's not a seat empty anywhere, man, and, and you're, you're backing up and you're putting in perspective that you're about ready to go 330 miles an hour, but and all these people are sitting there watching you and, you know, you're like, that's a lot of eyes, man, you know what I mean? So it's it's one of those things where you like, you, you know, you don't want to mess up, but it's just, I'm in awe sometimes to do a burnout and back up and the fans are, you know, they're packed, you know, and they're, they're standing deep in the, in the, you know, return lanes where they, you know, there's not a seat left and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, I mean, we, you know, like to me, it's all about the fans, you know what I mean? And, and they support what we do and they support our sponsors like Mopar and Penzel and Sandvik and, you know, they actually truly do go out and buy the product and it helps us show return on that investment, but we can't do it without sponsors. You know, we don't, we don't, our purses aren't big enough to support what it costs to run the car. So we have to have the fans there and we have to have the love from them. And I always say thank you to our fans because they're the ones that make it happen for us. Yeah, man. That's, that's oh, true. Well, that's one thing I really liked about, you know, all the NHRA stuff is, is just the, you know, the proximity that you get to the teams, to the drivers. And so many of them like you, Matt, are just, you know, high class individuals, people that you can kind of, you know, look up to, but, uh, you know, you're not so far up on a pedestal that you can't feel like, man, that's my dude. That's my, my boy right there. You know, it, there's a, there's a great connection with, with this sport that isn't in all kinds of racing, you know? You know, I, I stand at the pits sometimes and I talk about farming more than I talk about race cars sometimes, you know what I mean? Just because people can relate to some of that stuff. They can't relate to going 330 miles an hour, but you know, they, they, they see that you're kind of like salt of the earth kind of people, man. And they just want to relate to you and, and root for you. And, you know, that's what NHR is all about, man. It's just like, ain't no, so far I hadn't met nobody flying in on their own helicopter and out on their own jet. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just, nobody has that, that mentality of, you know, we're bigger and better than any fan standing across from us. You know what I'm saying? Cause that's, you know, they, they pay our bills, man. You know what I mean? Well, it's like, Clark Kent, man, he goes to work every day, works at the newspaper, you know, he's a regular dude. And then he steps into that phone book and puts on a super suit and jumps in a funny car, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just missing the cape, bro. You, you know what I mean? That's all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, Where'd it go? I can't, I, I'm not definitely not Superman, you know, but it's, uh, no, it's good, man. We, we love it. And we love our fans. That's what we're missing now, man. You know, we're trying to get to some of these events to where we can roll more fans in with, with COVID. And you know, what's really, what I'm really proud about is that, I'm associated with NHRA and Mo, like Mopar activated right there on the midway. With, there was no other midways there last last weekend, yeah. and they were there activating and, and making sure our fans were taken care of. I'm proud to be associated with sponsors that believe in moving forward and and not not taking steps backwards and scared of everything. You know? And, yeah, man. You know, I, I was going to ask you about that, man, because 
you know, you look at the way racing has had to pivot and you look at, you know, postponements and what racing and NHRA has had to do this year. Um, how does that affect you as a driver, knowing that there's less events but probably more pressure on you to perform right? And especially when you're, you're thinking about you don't know if next week's race is going to happen or the following weeks or if it's going to get postponed or something gets interrupted. So what does that what does, it, what does that do for you as far as pressure? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope they get 12 races in this year. You know, I mean, we go from 24 to cut your season in half if we're lucky. And, you know, I think there will be a championship. So I think that, you know, every round counts tremendously. There's no countdown. It's just the yeah. every point matters, you know, and. And so there is pressure. And then, you know, I'll tell you what makes it really hard, Willie, is that they only give us two runs to qualify so that we get that Saturday. And I've been on the backside of it already. Wow. Caps has been on the backside of it. Beckman's been trying to get in. You know, you miss that first run, and then you're backing up. So you're trying to slow that car down so much to get it in the show that you end up being on the backside of the ladder, even though you're a great race car. You know, so that really mixes things up only having two two rounds to get in, you know, because yeah. if you miss that first qualifier, man, you're, you're a backpedaling running into the heat of the day on Saturday, you know, trying to get your car in the show, you know? Yeah, and that's that's got to be a huge move for you guys because I know up here you're fighting all kinds of, you know, just you guys have so much data and so much info on every track, every condition, temperature-wise, what the track conditions are, uh, how much sticky there is down on the ground, the track temps, all this stuff you take into play. So you're doing car setups that, you know, that need to be tested and, and need to get proved. Uh, so imagine if you only have two qualifying rounds, that's that's a little tough to collect a lot of data on, man. It really is, you know, and I felt the pressure on it already just in the last couple of races. You know, we were outside looking in on that second run, and you're going like, man, like how many things you go – it goes to your head when you go up there and do the burnout and back it up, and you're going like, this could go wrong and this could go wrong. and this. But then you got to take that deep breath, man, and just, you know, pull your belts back down tight and do what you know how to do and get that car in the show. But you sometimes you can't control it, but it's just like you feel that pressure. Your heart starts beating. You're going like – man, we don't have but so many races and I got to get this thing in, you know what I mean? So you don't want it to fall on you if it's something that happens, you know what I mean? So uh, you don't want to let your guys down, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. that's that's the, my biggest, you know, Willie, everybody asks me like, man, you're brave. You're not scared of nothing, man. But I'll tell you what I'm scared of is letting my boys down, you know what I mean? Like I don't, that's, that's the worst feeling in the world is to come back and you got 10 guys looking at you going like, bro, we just, we just killed it all weekend long and worked our butt off for you. And you go out here and make this mistake, and there's no do-overs in drag racing. So that's me. It's like it rips my heart out, man, to like have ten guys that've been there. They drove the big trucks there. They set up the tents. They wrenched on the cars. They put a great race car underneath me, and then I let them down or something like that by doing something that's not out of not normally in my character, or I made a mistake or something like that. And so that that's really truly what scares me to death is looking at all those guys in the face, man. When you come back and you're like, put your head down, man. You're just like, no. Like I'm so, sorry, don't sorry, don't cut it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Let me let me get the load. I'll, I'll load it up, guys. My bad. My bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I got the straps. I got the straps. I'll get the box. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you put your gloves on and start taking the awning down. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what is your what is your recipe for success? Like, how do you go into this thing, right? So you try to avoid all the mistakes and you try to go out there and and win it big for your team. What do you do? What do you do mentally, physically? Yeah, you know what I've really learned, man, is is focus on what you can control. You know what I mean? Fact, so there's fact. in a fuel funny car, there's so many variables, there's so many different things that you're doing. Um, and there's a lot of things that are out of your control. So 
you worrying about that adds pressure to you, right? So I got to depend on my left head cylinder guy to put his head on right and touch his parts and pieces and make sure they're right. Same with the right head guy, bottom end guy. I can't control what they do. I got to depend and know that, I, that they're the best guys that they're in place that we have on our team. And I have to focus on what I can control. And that's driving my ass off in that race car, keeping it in the groove, leaving on time, you know, putting those parachutes out, getting this thing stopped so we can go around and make another round and turning that wind light on, man. And, and when you really simplify it down that, that to those little simple things that you can control, it, it seems like it's not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? So it takes that pressure away from me, man. So like so many people look at big picture and trying to like, oh man, this guy's got to go this round and this guy's got to go out and you got to do this or that. You can't control that. Stop worrying about it. So be the best at your craft that you can be and focus on what you know how to do and, and make sure that you do your job a hundred percent. You know what I mean? So that you're focused yeah, and man. there's no, no issues any, any way, shape or form in your performance, you know? Yeah. No, good call. And that's great wisdom to apply in every aspect of life right there, man. Focus on what you can uh, and make sure you show up the best you can. Uh, and that will get you a long way in life for sure, man. I got, I, I got a question for you. Throughout racing, you know, there's certain people I know you line up against. Like Jack, like last weekend, you mm -hmm. put Jack Beckman on each other, man. Yeah. Like, how is that, you know, not just because, you know, he's a little bit ahead of you, you got some points on him last weekend, but, you know, how does it feel when you're, when you're lining up against certain people uh, that you just, I don't know, you, you feel like you got a little more oomph for them. You're like, I'm going to punch your ticket. I've been waiting on this for a minute, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> oh, man, you know what? I, for me, I lined up against Jack. I was like, you know, this needs to be an example of what's coming for our final when we rerun it. You know what I'm saying? Now, it could have gone the other way, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you know, perspective is reality, you know what I mean? And if you're always doing your job and leaving good and, you know, keeping it in the groove and the car's running good, people perceive that and then they feel like they have to step up and they ha then they push themselves to doing something that they – probably shouldn't be doing and you know what I mean they beat themselves a lot of times no different than force back in the day man like you know everybody was like oh my god it's John Force and we got to run this crazy number and most of the time you know if you look back some of the stuff he would be smoking the tires right off the hit and like if they had just gone down the racetrack and run their race yeah they'd have been fine man but like that mentality of like when you when you start leaving on people on on the starting line man they think they I gotta push it I gotta get I gotta be on my on my game you know yeah. and then they red light yeah like that you know what I mean Take so chances, bro. so that's the kind of stuff that you just you just slide it in there a little bit man you just try to make you know make sure that they're you're uh you know you set that that precedence that you know like that perception of like these guys they're gonna bring it you know what I mean so we got to do more you know so well that says something to your team it says something about you and your team and you guys gelling together and and what you kind of created there in the Dodge camp for sure well I'm really proud of all my Dodge guys man like they work so hard and I you know I probably should do a lot better job of showing them so much more love you know what I mean and 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 you know just patting them on the back more I'll take them out to dinner all the time and stuff like that buy them a lot of beer and all that kind of stuff but but that's <laughs> Man, you know, everybody, and this is a prime example in in everything in life. With business. I own a couple businesses and different things like that. And, you know, you surround yourself with really good people and good things will happen to you. I love to sit here and tell you I'm just a great race car driver and, you know, I'm doing all this stuff and it's all me, me, me. Brother, it's not me at all. It's, it's my guys and and they're putting, you know, the time and energy and effort and they're, they're coming in early and showing up, you know, and leaving late and stuff like that. And I'm coming in late and leaving early, you know what I mean? And stuff. So it's just like, it's, it comes down to your core people, man. And, and if you surround yourself with good, talented, smart, hardworking, driven individuals, good things are going to happen to you and your team, you know? And I, I've tried to take that, 
principle and apply it to my businesses at home. And, you know, you might have to pay a little bit more for somebody or this or do that or, you know, take care of it. But that's going to pay you back in the long run when you have solid people, you know, really working for you and taking care of you, man. Yeah, man. That's why That's why Kevin does the show with me. Yeah. Uh, he brings me up. That's why I do there the show you go. With Kevin, that's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. That's thinking outside yourself, man. That's really looking at the big picture, looking at your team and what you what you guys are going to accomplish together. Now, real quick, before we go to the break, so you're talking about, you know, racing some of the big names out there. Do you find yourself racing against yourself or the guy next to you? Or is it kind of bounce back and forth? Brother, I would love to say that I would just tune everything out and it's just me. But you know, I mean, you, you're you human, right? Like you, like if I was sitting here saying like, I'm a machine, I do it this way. And that's, that's BS, bro. Like everybody takes into account everything. Like even my crew chiefs, like if he's racing a certain crew chief, he'll be like, well, you know, we, we might need to wake it up because they're capable of this, you know, but you still try Like I will give Dickie Venables. Uh, amazing credit. He is a great racer on Sunday. So when I say a racer on Sunday, I mean someone that says, goes out here, reads the racetrack, understands like, this is what I can run. Now I'm going to back it up to make sure we get down, comes to me and says, I need you to give me two on the tree so I don't have to push it so hard on the race car. You give me two, I'll go down the racetrack and we'll turn the wind line on that kind of stuff. So that's, that's being a racer on Sunday. That's not going out here as a crew chief and going, man, we got to, you know, trying to run low ET of every lap. That's that doesn't win championships and that doesn't really win races. No different than me. You know, basically, I try to be very thin and shallow whenever I, I stage the race car because I've won more races from having lane choice than rolling it in and making it look like I have some great reaction time and losing lane choice. I hurt my team. I hurt our ET and it just makes me look better. But in overall, it doesn't help your team look better or do better because you lose lane choice. And I've seen so many races won and lost over lane choice, you know? So oh, it's yeah. kind of like check your ego at the door. You know what I mean? You got to bring it, yeah. but like make sure that you're, you're doing what you're supposed to and making sure you're taking care of everybody else with it too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hate people play those deep stage, slow stage games. Oh dude, it just drives me crazy. It's like, uh, yeah. I see what you're doing there, bro. I see what you're doing, but all right, look, let's take a quick break. We'll come back more with Matt Hagen, the man, the myth, the legend, Don Schumacher racing. We got to talk about that. We got to talk about how he got connected. We got to talk about life on the farm. Uh, something I could definitely rate to growing up on a dairy farm in Kentucky. Looking forward to it. Hang on. It's a quick break. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. Matt Hagen is our guest. Kevin Bird, uh, my boy, and I'm Willie B. We'll be back in just a minute. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We're talking to my man, Matt Hagen. I got to tell you, Matt, you're putting the W's up, man. Going rounds, that's how you win the entire series. Uh, you're looking at all these things that you do in that crazy, funny car. Did you ever think you would be in that car? Did you ever think you would be, like, that's your career, cuz? Like, that's your, what do you do? People say, what do you do for a living? Man, I drive uh, one of the baddest hot rods on earth. Mic drop. That's insane, man. No, it's, it's a blessing, <laughs> brother. And, like, you know, one of those things where, you know, there's things in life come to you and you don't really realize that they're coming, but then they're there and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm here. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. And and really, yeah. I started off just on a little four-wheeler back home at a, at a local drag track, and, you know, and bracket racing a four-wheeler, man. And, and to think that I'd be driving for Don Schumacher Racing and sponsored by yeah. Mopar and, you know, and Penzel and all these, these corporate sponsors, I mean, that's – that blows me away, man. Like, you know, I was telling you earlier, I was like, 
you know, before I was trying to give somebody a, a you know, an autograph and they're like, I, I don't know about all this. You know what I mean? So yeah, man, I honestly, you know, I had a lot of help with my dad's dealership and stuff like that. Get me in touch with corporate America, but you know, being able to still be there and sell yourself and put a package together and, and, you know, show return on that investment and, and learn at an early age that, you know, if you want to come out here and race on a professional level, it's, it's putting B2B deals together and that business to business and taking these corporations and making money between them. And if you make money and they, they, they're able to make money behind the scenes, then they're going to put a sticker on the race car for a long time. You know what I mean? But learning that as an early age, you know, it's not just about how well you do on the racetrack and stuff like that. It's about, you know, the business side of it and all the stuff that nobody really sees behind the scenes. You know I mean? There's a lot of great racers out there, man. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people are going like, how do you get there? But it's the business side of it that gets you there, you know? Well, it's the full package. Yeah, man. How was that How was that phone call in that moment that you got signed up with Don Schumacher Racing? Like, that had to be – bro, that had to be big for you. When Don Schumacher calls, it was like, yeah, I want you to race for my team, bro. I, I might I might have straight wet myself, bro. I might have fell down on my knees for a minute like, oh, oh damn. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was a good, uh, good you know, um, good feeling that I'll never forget, man. It's like winning a championship, you know what I'm saying? Like, when, when you know, Schumacher, he's like, I want you to fly into Richmond, and I'm going to meet you at the airport, and we're going to sign this deal right there. And, you know, you're inking your name on that dotted line, man. You're going like, oh, man, I'm going to get to go 300 miles an hour a lot. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's just like your heart. You know, I was like, I probably misspelled my name wrong, man. I, I was over there shaking and everything else, you know? <laughs> I never spelled Hagen with a T before. Yeah, yeah right. I dotted two or three eyes, and I, you know, I don't even have you know yeah. I in, my, in my name. You know what I mean? Well, well, you have you have been behind the wheel of some pretty nasty stuff, from drag boats to monster trucks, uh, circle track cars, and obviously now you're in the funny cars. Uh, any one of those have a stronger pull to you than the funny car? Is this where you wanted nah, to brother, be? I mean, yeah, I jumped out of airplanes and, you you know, I mean, like, I wouldn't say I'm a drilling junkie, but like, I like to go fast. I like, you know, to get my heart beating and I still like to be safe. You know what I mean? And, and that's one thing I will say about these feel funny cars. You know, we've had people back in the day. I have so much respect for like the guys like Forrest and Worsham and Dencham and, you know, some of the legend and snake and all those people. And even Schumacher back in the day, man, you used to crawl in these funny cars and you had a real opportunity to, to lose your life. You know what I'm saying? Like every run, you know oh, what I mean? Man. Cause they had no real fire protection. You know what I mean? When these things lit on fire, man, they were on fire. You know what I'm saying? So, um, just so much respect for those guys that went through those, those things that they had to go through with the bad wrecks and the bad fires and to get us to be where we're safe now doing what, what I, I love to do. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, I mean, you look at worship I mean, he's got skin grafts on his hands and stuff like that. You know what I mean? From some of these nasty fires and, and you're just, I just got mad respect for those boys that, you know, that, that have, have those big kahunas that crawl in them back in the day, man. Yeah, you know man. what I mean? Like, I didn't know, Hey, I didn't know that about you, man. How many times you jumped out of an airplane? Oh gosh, bro. Probably, I don't know, 11 or 12 times, man. Yeah, and then, you dude. know, I was working on my license and stuff, but I, I was so busy. I couldn't keep it current, you know? Yeah, I, I did accelerated free fall, got my skydive license, got 76 jumps, man. There you go. Uh, in my life. Yeah, I, I used to have it, a Maverick bro. I flew under, a Talon I flew under. I, I love skydiving. Like you, man, I, I grew up on a farm, raised on, you know, hot rods and uh, 57 Chevy. My dad had uh, it was the first car I kind of remember and recall. And, you know, that bug bit me early in life and been, you know, having fun with it ever since, man. And 
I, I, that was a cool thing I didn't know about you. But life on the farm, man, you got to tell us a little bit about about this because not only are you an insane race car driver, um, but you're one of those guys that man works their ass off uh, on the nine to five. Like your normal job, man, is is something else. So tell us a little bit uh, about what you do on the opposite side of it, man. Yeah, man, I'm starting to get a little belly on me, man. Like, I've been riding around that New Holland tractor a lot too much, you know what I mean? I get out there and need to <laughs> fucking hate for you, man. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, but to answer the question before, there's nothing that touches one of these fuel farming cars as far as speed, adrenaline, shutting down, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's it's a it's a rush and a fix you can't get anywhere else. And, you know, I've tried a little bit of everything. But, but you know, that being said, it's so adrenaline-driven and, you know, fan-oriented and sponsors and TV – the farm side of things, man, really lets me turn all that off. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I get home and I get to get in my new Holland tractor and I get in there and I'm just like, turn the world off, man. And, and decompress. And, you know, when I get to do that, man, it, it's, it just kind of resets me, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you get on a plane and you're packing a bag and you, you know, you say goodbye to your family and everything's go, 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 go. And then you come home and it's just like, yo, this is, this is just nice. You know what I mean? Like just like, well, there's plenty to do. There's on a farm, you know, I'm farming over 3000 acres now and, and on a farm it's, it's never ending, right? The, the work is always there. Right. So you, you never get it called up. So that's one thing I had to learn too. Cause I was always like, I got to do this and I got to do that. And I got it. The, the circle never stops, man. Like it comes back around you got to do it again, you know? So is that Hagen cattle? Tell us a little bit about is, so you have a cattle line and you have a couple, a couple other things. What do you got? What do you got going on in that world? Yeah, man. So right now we got, I got an outdoor store that we sell like Western wear and, you know, guns and ammos and bows and stuff like that. And then I opened up um, a Hagen cattle company where we're actually selling beef right to the individuals. We're shipping across the country and everything else. And, you know, it's like cattle off our farm there and whatnot. And, you know, it's just, it's nice to, to, you know, during this pandemic when people were like, man, where am I going to get my food from? And, you know, we couldn't, I got two little gals that are working there for me at the beef company and, and they're like, we can't sling beef fast enough, man. You know what I mean? Oh, so my God, dude. It was, awesome. it, it, it was awesome, you know? And then we got the CBD company, man. And, you know, I, I lost my brother to an opioid addiction with, you know, prescription pain pills and stuff. And, you know, to see what the CBD stuff is doing to help people manage their pain and get them off of different things, you know what I mean, to help them rest at night and recovery and different stuff like that, it touches my heart, man, to see that happen. You know, the, the reviews that we get, like, people will go on my website and order, and then they'll come back in two or three weeks and they're going like, Oh my gosh, man. Like this is not the cure all, but like, this has really helped change my quality of life. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Stuff like that. Bro, I've had 16 surgeries in my life. Most of it due to, you know, being a pro motocross racer in the state and everything you, that's acquired to get, to get to that. Um, and every day, man, I put some CBD oil on my wrist because it's fused. And you know, when I'm doing legs and, and leg day in the gym, I put some on my knee cause I've had four, four surgeries and a scope on that. So, Hey, that stuff really does eliminate pain, man. I'm glad you're into it. What's the name of your CBD company? Yeah, it's called True Harvest Farms. You can go on to trueharvestfarms.com and check that out. We've only been up and running for three months now, but, you know, it went from me just farming it and to, you know, then processing it. Now we're finally to finished goods. But what's really cool about my farm, man, that a lot of other CBD companies don't offer is that we're very transparent, man. You can come in. We're building a brick and mortar right there at the farm. I want people to see the genetics and us growing it and us harvesting it and bottling nice. it. And you get like a, a plant to pure product where so many of these, like, so the FDA doesn't regulate CBD right now. So you don't, when you go to a gas station, do you really know if that's just MCT oil in there or is there CBD oil right. in there? Like some of these big companies are sourcing raw goods from places, even like China and putting it in their stuff and then sending it out there. So for me, what's going to, I feel, separate our company from a lot of others is just transparency, man. It's like, 
here's here's where it's grown, here's where it's processed, here's where it's bottled, and we're going to give it right to you, right to the consumer. So they really know what they're getting, you know what I mean? And that's something in today's world it's hard to find. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah, that's great, man. Congratulations on that, man. So you're racing, you're farming, you know, you're doing CBD. Dude, you have your hands in so many things, man, and that's that's so true to your spirit, your energy, and the person that you are, man. You have a drive like like no other. It's really cool to see, uh, well, and I'm, I couldn't I, be happier for you, bro. I appreciate it, brother. Like I said, I, I'm not sure my mom's as proud of me as you are, brother. I'm so, so <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, uh, I, I appreciate it. Like, that's one thing about Willie B, man. Like, he's always been showing love, man. But he he's good like that with everybody, man. Willie B, you know, you guys are great. And to all your listeners, man, like, they – they, they tuning in and seeing this. You guys put on a great show. I just wanted to tip my hat to you guys. You know what I mean? Y'all do a great job and you kill it, man. And it's one of those things where I'm just now getting into more like podcasts and shows and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, there's a wealth of knowledge out here I didn't even know about. You know what I mean? So <laughs> Talk about putting on a good show, man. We might have a good, a decent show, but we're not going 300 miles an hour. Well, nobody said I was smart either. You know what I mean? So, you know, they're like, oh, you're so brave. I'm like, I'm always like, there's a fine line between bravery and stupidity. You know what I mean? So I just don't know what side I'm yeah, on. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of gray yeah. in there. Now, 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 speaking of, do you think you'll ever acclimate to the to the speed, to the raw intensity, right? To the danger, to where you're just showing up at the office on another day? Or do you think you'll always get that that you know chest pound and it's like getting on a bull you never know what you're going to get and that's what i love about a funny car is like i've never had the same run back to back you know it's always something different it's, it's dropping a cylinder smoking the tires it's picking a cylinder back up it's you know you're just in there manhandling that steering wheel a lot of times and and that's just that's what's so i'm so in love with a funny car man it's just like you grab it man and you're just like you know, you pound on that body when you get in the car, man, and you shake that wing and make sure that wheelie bar is tight and you crawl in there and you pull down to something that you just never know what you're going to get, man. And it's just like, that's the most, that's the coolest thing in, in the world. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, all right, let's do this, man. And it's just like, you just never, yeah, never know what's coming at you. You know, the other day, man, I had a, a body explode on me and a piece of um, valve come in and hit me in the, in the knee. And I'm like limping around and the doctors, he's over here shooting me full of cortisone. I'm like, fill it up, man. Let's go. We got to go racing. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> you know, you just don't, you don't know what you're going to get, man. And, but that's what like the passion I get from it is just being able to be in there and just, you know, that's just an opportunity that a lot of folks don't. And I'm never, when you ask if you're like really um, with it, yeah. you know, what, what's really cool is that, you know, when you get in there and you're doing that, man, it's just, it's one of those things where you don't, you know, when you don't know, it's what the fear of the unknown, right? You know, like stepping on the pedal my first time, I'm, I fogged my visor up so bad. I was like, you know, and they're like, go over the radio. And I was like, I can't see, you know what I mean? So I was trying to like wipe my visor out. <laughs> they're like, go. And I was like, I can't see, you know what I mean? So I'm breathing so hard, you know what I mean? So you never get used to it. You're never ahead of it. You, you try hard to be with it, you know, and that's why you see guys like they call it a groove for the reason, like it's the black part of the racetrack, but there's a small part that you have to keep it in and you just let it vary a little bit here or there, man. And then you're out of the groove and you know, everybody, I think a lot of fans think you got this whole wide racetrack to go down, but it's, no. it's, a, it's, you got to snake it down through there, man. And if you're behind that race car, you know what I mean? You, you, you don't get it back. You know what I mean? Cause you're never going to catch back up with it. Yeah, man. Yeah. I like that reference though. Like riding a bull. Cause you know, I could see where you just never quite feel comfortable getting on some big ass angry bull and they're different. Like you said, every time, every ride, that bull's going to do something different or unique and you got to be ready to wrestle that sucker down the end of that track. Yeah. I, I like I what he said about, you know, you never know what you're going to get. It's kind of like dad on a field trip. 
you know? It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, man. So, hey, look, well, keep on winning, bro. Keep on doing your thing. How do people find out more about you socially? Uh, and before you go, man, you got to give us some love on that Dodge Hellcat Red Eye. That's, to me, man, that is one of the baddest cars you've ever been in. Uh, yep. I love the logo. I love the look. I love everything you guys are doing at the Dodge Camp. You know I'm a Dodge fan, man. So sign us off with, with what you see in the near future for the Dodge Camp. Well, that Dodge Camp, they're coming on strong. We've had talks for the future, so it sounds really good moving forward and stuff. But, you know, that Dodge SRT Hellcat Red Eye, man, it's 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 a beauty, brother. Like, it's it's one of the – out of the 13 years I've been driving for Schumacher – that is probably my, my but my favorite design so far. And I've had a lot of awesome designs, you know what I mean? So I can genuinely say like Penzo last year killed it with a Chrome car, but then Mopar came out here, you know, with that Dodge deal right there. And they said, well, we're going to incorporate Chrome and this red flake, you know what I mean? So it's just like, I feel like sometimes I'm driving a really cool, fast bass boat. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just beautiful. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> it, you know, it, it, it just, yeah. they, they killed it, man. But, <laughs> But yeah, you know, if you want to go find out more about me, man, my, my Instagram page, I, I really truly run my Instagram because you know, everything's misspelled. So, you know, it's me. Um, and it's, <laughs> it's uh Matt Hagen underscore FC man. And, you know, so I'm on my page. I try to answer my DMS and all that kind of stuff, but you know, and then my true harvest, you know, true harvest farms.com for my CBD stuff, man. And then, you know, Hagen cattle company.com. So there's a lot of dot coms and different things out there, man. But we're just trying to be real, just make a make a few dollars, change some people's lives, and you know, keep doing this race and stuff as long as we can. Hey, keep it up, brother. We love you, man. I miss the fact that I'm not going to see you in Colorado this year, uh, but I'm definitely watching you, cheering you on, bro. Uh, I'm, I'm your little uh, your little cheerleader out here in Colorado, like doing. Brother, we love you hey, guys. Two claps to the Ric Flair for Matt. There you go, brother. That's all you, man. That's all you. Oh, you guys are awesome, man. You all are awesome. Thank you so much for having me on the show tonight. All right. Well, look, don't forget about our show. Speaking of success, it's a good one, man. It's been running on Motor Shed Network on weekends forever. You need to check your local listings. If you don't get it, throw a fit. You can also check us out on Motor Trend On Demand, which is a great way to find us. Uh, thanks to our guest, Matt Hagen. Uh, he is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And our producer is Scoop. And our executive producer, the one and only Bob Ecker. Yeah, and if you're checking out our show on Motor Trend and you want to follow up a little bit, see what's going on behind the scenes, check out what we're doing, twoguysgarage.com. And we're everywhere on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, Two Guys Garage Podcast is a copyright 2020 Britain Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. Man, could you ever imagine going 300 miles an hour? Dude, I was sure. just going to ask you that. What What's the fastest you've gone uh, in a quarter? 212. 212. 212. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So add another Hyundai Plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's another, embarrassing, just another Hyundai. Another yeah. three digits. Yeah. Boom. Another 100 plus. Yeah. It's unreal, man. It's not the top speed. It's the top speed in the distance. Because it's just more and more violent, you know. To get that speed in that same distance is just more and more holy beep, you know. Like, am I gonna, am I gonna live this one, you know? Yeah, man. And they're doing it. They're doing it in a thousand feet, you guys. I a thousand know, feet. Dude. All right. They're doing three hundred and twenty-five, three hundred thirty miles an hour. Like, you know, for me to get two twelve, I needed a mile track. Uh, you know, I'm in the 170, 180 range on the quarter mile. I can imagine going 330 miles an hour, and they do it every single weekend. It really is amazing. It's yeah, amazing it when you think about it. 
Whew. Yeah, man. Well, super cool. I had a great time. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah, man. I did. It was awesome. I'm online ordering some CBDs and steak right now. So you guys, <laughs> you guys take care, man. We will see you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. See you guys. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.